Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new The Hacker Factory podcast with hacker maker, Philip Wiley. You're about to discover what the role of a professional hacker entails, the different specializations it holds, and what it takes to learn and become one. Enjoy the conversation as Philip and guests unveil the secrets of professional hacking, a mysterious, intriguing, and often misunderstood occupation. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hacker Factory Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Wiley, the Hacker Maker. In each episode, I have a guest sharing their story and advice on getting into cybersecurity. And today I'm very excited to have my friend Zoe Braderman on. Uh, Welcome to the show, Zoe. Thank you so much, Philip. Wonderful to be here. Good to see you virtually. It's been been a long time since since DEF CON, but I guess we've had some some other opportunities for virtual stuff, but uh, great to have you on here. I think that you'll this would be a great episode for anyone wanting to get in because I know you're you're very passionate about helping others and communities. So I really look forward to this episode. Well, it's again great to be here. Yeah, and great. Yeah, I mean the, the power of community. That there's there's absolutely no substitute in this industry. Yeah, I totally agree, and and we'll get into that. But first, why don't you introduce yourself to to our audience? Oh yes, so I'm Zoe. I'm a cybersecurity consultant and a researcher, and I am, you know, extremely passionate about communities such as OWASP, Open Web Application Security Project, as far as helping others enter and thrive within the industry of cybersecurity, uh, application security and otherwise. Very cool. So one of the things too about this ep- this show is we really focus on trying to to provide information to help others get into cybersecurity. And one of the things that's very important is the stories of our guests. So if you could kind of share your background, your story, and how you got started in cybersecurity. Sure. So well, I studied business and sociology in school, but I've always been kind of more um, on the computer geeky side, um, just kind of by nature. So combining those two in terms of, you know, securing an organization, securing their assets and their data and their people and, uh, you know, passion to help people really got me into InfoSec. So you said you had like a, you know, a business major. So was that your original plan to get into business and just kind of found out about security along the way? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wall Street was never really my scene. Um, and yeah, again, we had passion about helping people and securing people and using technology to do so. So, so how did you learn? educate yourself on for cybersecurity? The main way has been through project-based learning. So getting involved in open source projects, open source initiatives, and being able to learn in a more practical environment, working on a project, because it's, you know, it's very different than any sort of academic learning, which, you know, isn't so much based on really on real world scenarios. 
and it's a little bit more siloed. And also, you know, there are more barriers to entry as a result. So it's a little bit more more um, siloed in terms of its approach and in exclusionary as well. But yeah, in general, open source technology world is pretty, you know, is always looking for new contributions and new contributors and new community built um, members. Um, who then go go on often as passionate mentors after being a mentee. So being able to kind of enter through that lens uh, has just, you know, been, I, I couldn't imagine having entered that other way. Uh, you know, OWASP has projects in, in addition to community. So you see contributors there. Um, from various backgrounds, who the ultimate, like you know, the ultimate factor at the end of the day is that you need to be willing to learn and be passionate about growing and thriving, also helping others. So, what, what types of things do you do for OWASP? I know some people are actually writing code, and some people help with OWASP top ten. So, what type of things are you doing through your efforts through OWASP? I've been a chapter leader. I've also chaired the diversity and inclusion committee for some time. So that's helping with scholarships as far as diversity, along with some other great leaders like John McCoy and Spiros Gasteratos and also Laura Donna Mancini. And I've also been, uh, I've contributed some to certain guides. Um, just, you know, trying to build on the writing and um, make sure that it, you know, it would be clear for anyone who might use it because everyone comes at it from a different perspective, but they have excellent develop, developer guides and also, you know, some guides that are a little bit more useful toward hackers as well. Uh, I think an increasing amount of that, um, but they're also, you know, advanced in addition to presence at other conferences and meetups where you to learn from experts in various areas um, based on, you know, both their experience at work and as well as trainings and various toolings. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's, there, there's a lot. I hope to contribute more to, you know, technical side of projects in the future as well. So for those that are watching that are listening that may have not heard of OWASP, could you explain OWASP? Yeah, well, so there's a lot. Um, so so anyone who's new, completely new to the idea of penetration testing, which in a nutshell is being able to test for weaknesses within an application. Then there are projects and, you know, tools that you can use to, to test. And one example of, uh, of a type of tool is dynamic application security. And so OWASP has a tool for that among a bunch of other um, services within the secure development lifecycle. 
And so you can use those tools for free as long as you follow the documentation. And in addition to those tools, there are open source maintainers who maintain that, those projects. So you can reach out to them and they're very friendly and very passionate people. And you get to, um, you know, learn from them in addition to, you know, troubleshooting using their project as, as you know, um, as you with another open source tool, if you're familiar, but also if you're not very, you know, in case you're not technical, then there are also open and free meetups throughout the world where you can go and you can connect with community and learn a little bit more in a more, you know, honestly human way um, initially and just learn about really what it means people, um, you know, professionals, various experiences working in the industry as well as technical concepts that could apply to practicing in a lab setting. Um, it, in fact, OWASP offers certain projects that are in themselves lab, labs. So they're intentionally vulnerable web applications. Um, and there are various projects like that. So you can download um, or in a work, work with the source code even. Or um, you can also just download the tool depending and you can practice on the potential of vulnerable web apps and, you know, potentially with, with the, you know, some of the tooling that they offer to go and um, test that out and learn and get guidance, you know, throughout. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's it's a nice entry from an affordable affordability perspective among all else. Um rather than a more corporate vendor as far as, as tooling and trying to um learn with that. I mean they they do arguably sometimes have really great quality community editions too, so it's not necessarily that much different, but the, the underlying community, I think, is the, the most invaluable part of OWASP. Uh, but there's there's a lot to OWASP. I, I, I wish I could explain it more succinctly, uh, but that, that's partly me, but partly also that there's, there's, there's so much. I think, you know, the big thing is that you just need to meet, um, be introduced to the community and have someone kind of guide you through something. Um, Case to case, as you have specific questions like seeking mentorship. Because I think, in a nutshell, mentorship is probably the main thing that you get out of it in that regard. Because everyone's constantly learning. Nobody knows it all because there's no time in the day. There's no time in the day. And um, the fact that there's no time in the day is also essentially like one of the greatest issues in, in, in security. Because um, you're trying to <laughs> essentially beat the bad guys and um, their entire, like, you know, economic and timing structure is, you know, unbounded by some sort of, um, you know, nine to five job. And 
So having people just willing to openly build upon this community is, you know, super important in that regard. Just having it kind of be a constant force that is just determined with all of their hearts. (laughs) Um, I guess if you go to the website, OASP.org, and start there and probably join the Slack channel first, um, assuming that that you've used Slack, I suggest that as a first step because each channel for a project or a chapter is just is kind of there um, and accessible. And you can kind of go from there in terms of connecting with people and asking questions and also kind of getting answers that are already there based on the discussion. Yeah, it's pretty amazing all the free tools that OWASP provides. I first found out about OWASP because I moved into, got into, started in security back in 2004. And then the company I worked for hired a new CISO and he came in and put us in different groups. And I got put in the AppSec group, which totally molded my future because I found out about pen testing through that. And then through running some of the commercial uh, application vulnerability scanners like uh, AppScan, I was able to find out about the OWASP top 10 through the vulnerabilities. And that's where I was kind of introduced. So it's amazing all the free tools out there because otherwise, you know, without open source and things like OWASP, you know, you'd, you know, you'd be stuck having to buy, you know, different commercial tools to learn how to use the tools. And the nice thing about OWASP is they have some really good open source tools that you could use that cost nothing to use and some really good guidance on, on how to pen test applications and all that. I mean, especially being volunteer driven, the documentation and instructional content is just phenomenal. Again, because of the passion, people just dedicate their time, essentially their lives to it. Um, because this like that's that's you know who we are and how we operate and um so yeah i mean just some that these project leaders are are amazing and you know i guess one pretty open-ended challenge where you kind of could you know enter um from almost anywhere um i definitely don't want to say anywhere anywhere but if you read something in the news and try to tackle it from some perspective about trying to explain what might have gone wrong and trying to think, hmm, how would I solve this within an organization? How would I solve this for an application? Uh, what does this really mean? And start ask quest- asking questions and seeking mentorship from there. Um, I think that's you know, potentially a good move from a complete beginner, complete beginner's perspective. Um, But, you know, with application security specifically, if you are a developer first, then, you know, there's, you know, potentially some more logical approaches as far as security, you know, applications um same with um you know i guess net i suppose network penetration testing for you know security operations analysts um if focused on on networks for example 
if you have been a network engineer. It makes sense as far as having worked with those types of systems and understanding what can go wrong. So a developer just generally understanding how the HTTP protocol works, hypertext transfer protocol works, then you can, you know, kind of more easily understand once you start to learn about dynamic application security testing tools tools or um, like OWASPs app and then start working there and, um, you know, just understanding from an outsider's perspective what can go wrong and having, you know, understood how you, how you um, develop certain parts of applications that you're attacking is just, you know, really invaluable as far as really understanding in, in a holistic manner. Um, just understanding what it means to make an, you know, an HTTP request and then understanding what it means to modify certain aspects of it and what, you know, information can you gather or what can you modify about the functionality um, just by kind of playing around with how those things work using tooling and understand, you know, why that could be potentially catastrophic and lead to a lot of loss for an organization, for users, and understand why that's hazardous. And then potentially just, you know, go back and again tie that into something in the news that you can go and explain to your family or someone at, um, so that they can understand. And even before you're, you know, paid for it, like, you know, one way of knowing really what you want to do or your, um, how you want to enter the infosec industry is what stories based on that you want to just go and tell your friends and family uh, and just, you know, educate everyone about. So um, the whole, I mean, especially when it comes to these things, the whole those who can't do teach is absolutely inaccurate. Um, when you get to a point where you really enjoy a certain topic, you just want to keep learning more and more about it, and you want to keep teaching more and more about it in order to properly teach anything. You have to um, really, like, you know, thoroughly understand it and be able to speak to the people you're trying to advise. So, again, be able to speak to developers if you're working in AppSec. Um, I mean, ar arguably, though, like, the more the better when it comes to, you know, the full application secure, uh, the, the full SDLC, because depending on the, the structure, you might also, you know, be working with, yeah, database or, or other, other, you know, very specific types of admins within the team, depending how it's structured, and also potentially management, depending on where you are in AppSec. But, uh, yeah, um, there, there, there's a lot. And yeah, I think just, just finding, like, figuring out what you already know and, and um, where you are in your career and what you want to learn next and what problems you want to solve. Um, and there are always mentors for each specific aspect.
and as you mentioned, the mentoring, that's, that's very important. But, you know, one of the things too, that, that I find very valuable. And actually I got one of my pen testing jobs. I was ready to get out of consulting and I wanted to work in internally for a company because I was tired of the travel was through an OWASP chapter meeting Our Dallas OWASP uh, chapter had a meeting and the person presenting worked at a, a bank where I went to work for. And he referred me, he told me that his company was hiring and referred me. So that networking opportunity is great. And it's one of the things I've seen experience with groups like OWASP and others is the more people you get to know, the easier it is to get jobs. It's not necessarily you have to go through the normal process of applying online. You know, you get like someone to re refer you to the hiring manager or someone in that group. And it's a lot easier to get your resume seen than trying to go the traditional way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And just, you know, also, yeah. Quality control. Um, if you, if you, ideally, if, if you know and, and trust that people are hiring, who will be managing directly, that, that it's ideal. There's no substitute for that. If you can um, manage that. And I guess that's relatively rare, unfortunately, but, uh, but I mean, you know, for, for this type of reasonable passion and, you know, probably various wishes about what happened when they were starting out, um, goes into very passionate founders and in, in various parts parts of uh, the security space um they're again very passionate people starting and building a business around these you know toolings toolings and processes and um you know hiring accordingly servicing customers accordingly and just always passionate about getting the word out. If you follow it, like, you know, any of these leaders in, in, the, in an area on Twitter, they're constantly tweeting about it. And one good thing about, <laughs> one good thing about uh, Twitter, you know, it's like, I guess, is it, yeah, I, I suppose this is the case with any industry, um, even outside of technology, is that Twitter doesn't let you ramble on. Like, I admittedly know that I tend to, so I really apologize. I try so hard not to do it on podcasts, but but <laughs> if, if I'm doing it, I probably am. Um, oh, you're, well, you're you're doing well, you're doing you're doing fine. <laughs> Twitter helps, and um, you you, you know you, you um often get some very very succinct to the point advice on Twitter or guidance, you know, direction for resources, um, and then we have you know, a very manageable starting point to continue and, uh, and also fun memes, especially. In <laughs> um, so, but yeah. Um, and, and another thing about memes is so a lot of it when you're plan, you know, in a planning phase and, you know, this isn't limited to security. This is also uh, really, you know, any, any aspect of, technology a technology project is when you start with any sort of user story or persona then in that regard memes can really be useful because you know at the end of the day you're allocating financial resources um just generally human capital and time 
and you're trying to allocate these these resources optimally. So just thinking about who can be affected, how by you know any sort of uh, given threat to a system, and how will they be impacted, and how do we try to address this? Is essentially the you know the common ground of threat modeling regardless of methodology um at the end of the day what are you trying to solve and how are you going to try to do it and there's there's no there's no simple answer at the end of the day so i i mean i I think in general like who do you want to help is a good question to ask yourself with your heart if you're starting out um, again, based on who you can connect with um, and who you probably can help, and also just you know, um, if you if you think about it, from sometimes the work will get rough inevitably, and but who do you want to force? I mean, who do you want to who do you want to get up and help every day, and have that be your career, and keep doing it. And keep learning while you're doing it. And keep helping to educate others about how you're doing it. Uh, is, is it developers? Is it business owners? Is it sysadmins? Um, is it some combination depending on the role? Um, Arguably, you know, especially if, um, if you're really just new to tech in general, uh, user awareness. If you check tutorials on, you know, day-to-day topics, like what is a password manager and why should you use one? And how could you approach setting one up? Then you could probably YouTube a tutorial and try to, you know, see how you could help your friends and family go set one up to start. Um, and how would you present that information such that it's not overwhelming? And just, yeah, um, kind of transfer that information in manageable chunks. And... So I know you're a, a uh, champion of diversity and inclusion, and I know you're a lot of these efforts that you're doing through OWASP. Are there some other uh, organizations that you'd recommend for for folks that need a resource to help them, uh, you know, help them network, get jobs, and stuff that maybe they're not, you know, someone that needs uh, those type of resources for you know diversity and inclusion? Uh, what are some good resources? Um, so women in cybersecurity.org, which is, um, so W-I-C-Y-S.org, Wises.org, I recommend them. They have various chapter affiliates, you know, in, in order to broaden reach, they have, um, you know, learning resources. They have an annual conference where you can go and connect in person with various people and with leaders arrive. I have actually yet, um, I have yet to attend one, but I hear amazing things. And I know a lot of people who are chapter leaders there. 
and they also have a, a neurodiversity affiliate and also a racial equity and inclusion committee within. And so um, they really tackle our all areas of diversity. And also um, InfoSec Girls. I recommend InfoSec Girls. They have um, you know, based in India, founded by the current chair of OWASP, Vandana Verma. And constantly informative, and their their posts really do a great job of breaking down specific topics. If you search for infosec diversity, infosec kids, or infosec girls on Twitter, and just you know look deeper into one of the topics covered, I really like how their content works. In addition to the community and their annual diverse set con which is also a clever name. And also BBWIC, Breaking Barriers, Women of Cybersecurity, led by Austin Sani, has grown very, very quickly to the point where they won the award with, and I believe, a, a, a year after it was initially founded, which, again, tackles various areas of security, but, um, you know, really helps a lot of women, um, which is, in, you know, important and Every time that I, you know, attend or am involved with a, a, any um, any of their initiatives, I just feel really welcome. I learn a lot, and there's, you know, a formal buddy slash mentor program that they offer as well, such so that you can learn and prioritize specific things, form study groups together. Because at the end of the day, you know, you need to be realistic in terms, of, you know what you want to study for your next move, as well as how you want to go and apply those next skills and network accordingly. And also um, manage whatever you're currently doing, assuming that it's a career transition rather than, you know, entering directly from being a student, for example. And being able to have a community to guide you through that is amazing. Meeting people to do independent research projects with is also just, you know, completely invaluable because that, that's something that you can showcase if you're just entering or if you're making a transition. And it's something that, you know, it, it's something that, you know, various other professionals at various stages of their career also want to do for similar reasons. And... Being able to do that together rather than alone is just always helpful. It's always nice and it just always just adds more power to the community as a whole as well. And just, you know, observing that kind of collaboration and then knowing that it's completely there for you to join and that they're really excited. We're all really excited when you join. Um, and we just want to continue building. And I think there's, there's just no substitute from that because we need people to, you know, help to secure everything. <laughs> and and um, we just, you know, we need various backgrounds. We need, from anything, you know, from physical security, other areas of tech, 
social sciences, law, business. We need all that in order to really, you know, understand what we're working with and trying to tackle these tough problems. And there's really no skill set that that you know is, you know, for certain completely useless. Um, and again, at the end of the day, everything's about how willing are you to learn. Uh, because everything, everything just changes so fast. Yeah, that is true. This is, you you know, security is constantly evolving and it's understandable too, because, you know, you look at how technology evolves, you know, just how much things have changed just over the past 10 years or, or 20 years. But yeah, I think those organizations is, is ASTA is actually I met her through you back a few years ago through through Twitter. You first made the introduction. We actually got to meet for the first time during during Black Hat and DEF CON this year. So it's really amazing to see what she's doing with the organization. And for those out there that could benefit from those kind of type of organizations, I highly recommend it because what you have there is you have people that have gotten around the barriers that, that exist a lot of times if you're, you know, female or non-binary or LGBT that you have these barriers to get around and these organizations are able to help. And sometimes it's not always that companies are trying to prevent hiring people of those demographics. It's they don't know, they don't know any better. And organizations like this bring attention that, yeah, we need more diverse hiring and brings that about. Plus they're networking with people in industry. I mean, another uh, rock star in the industry for, for, for women is, uh, is Mary Galloway for, uh, women cyber jitsu. And so all these people out there with these that are really well known, bring attention to these organizations and help. So, uh, you know, learn from these people that have overcome these different, uh, things that, that would prevent people from getting jobs that, you know, you can learn so much from other people's experiences. Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. Um, I believe that Eleanor Roosevelt at one point said, you have to learn from others' mistakes because there, there's no time to always have to learn from yours. So mistakes as well as successes um, just, you know, save so much, you know, sweat and, and, and um, time and energy that you could waste if you're trying to tackle it on your own. And... Um, yeah, just being able to have others wisdom, um, especially pe people like us who are just amazing educators. Uh, everywhere that, you know, every specific role she's had with the industry, she's been an, a, a rock star trainer in, in, in anything she's done. A rock star educator. Um, she's, you know, essentially a professor who has yet to have, you know, doesn't even need a PhD because that's just who she is <laughs> and um also understanding like you know i mean hopefully company quotas help build diversity and you know but but diversity like in terms of actually like achieving and building it it's not you know some metric or, or quota it's a matter of really building something together the entire pipeline having people feel included throughout 
And yeah, I mean, and then um, obviously not limited to gender, also just, you know, general background, demographic, race, um, also, um, you know, just neurodiversity as well as uh, uh, physical accessibility, just being able to have all of that overlook for common cause and make everyone feel you know included and empowered to do their best and um, you know obviously that that should be with any with any industry but especially when we're really really trying to uh, you know improve processes that can really just save companies a lot of money and a lot of risk and just you know really potentially terrible outcomes uh, you need to empower the people who are willing to keep learning and doing that uh, so yeah just passion is i think the only thing for which there's absolutely no substitute yeah i agree so we're getting down towards the end of the show is there anything you'd like to share before we end this episode come keep keep learning keep um you know seeking mentorship and i really think you know continue to teach others throughout continue to mentor others throughout i suggest trying to mentor in some capacity far before you think you're you're ready because imposter syndrome can definitely get the best of each of us um i don't think there's anyone who hasn't that I know and she hasn't suffered from you know imposter syndrome to begin with so it's important to remind each other uh, to, to not let that get the better of us and that that's one um challenge you know crack open an, an open you know vulnerable application of your of your choice um again before you think you're ready the, the guidance will show you how to do it um safely and you've got nothing to lose you know only a lot of exciting things to learn and it, it can be really fun and uh, you know again same with trying to mentor um if you just start doing it without without um fear and just feel comfortable to do to do so then you can really surprise yourself and then once you I guess get over that metal cog, if you will, then then you can um, really achieve everything because that's the biggest thing. And yeah, just know that others are there for you. Oh, great advice, and thanks for for joining me. I'm, I appreciate you taking the time to be on this episode. Of course, thank you so much for having me. And everyone has a lot to learn from Philip, and and you should definitely check out his book. It's highly informative and applicable to learners at all levels, really. Well, thank you. Of course. Well, thanks, everyone, and we'll see you on the next episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hacker Factory Podcast with Philip Wiley. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSBmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. 
If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.